Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. We're in month nine now of our Great Escape study. This is the first dig a bit for this month, and I have Genesis chapter 22 on my mind this morning. We're talking about faith. We're talking about how the Sometimes it is just believing what God says, understanding what He's commanded with regard to an issue, and just buckling up and doing what God says. Faith is just doing His will, period. It's not about doing His will when it seems right to me, when it makes sense, when I can see the logical conclusion is going to be something that's beneficial to my soul or to other souls. It is just doing His will, period. So in Genesis 22 is where we begin this study, and you'll remember that's the passage where God, in an amazing commandment, and really what any parent would call an awful commandment, was told to take his son Isaac up into the Mount Moriah and give him as a, lit, as a burning sacrifice, a burnt offering to Jehovah God. Can't even imagine. Can't even imagine what was going through Abraham's mind. But as I looked at this chapter, I recognized a few points about the proving of God that I think might be beneficial to us as we seek to escape by having faith in the Word of God. The chapter begins by saying, it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or prove Abraham. Now we know that God does not tempt us to sin, so this is not tempting us to sin in that respect. He is the one who, as we studied last month, gives the way of escape rather than the one who ever tempts us. And we went to some passages throughout the New Testament, including 1 Corinthians 10 and in the book of James. God is just not the one who tempts us to sin. But obviously, from this passage, from passages that we read about Job, from passages even that we read about our Lord, we understand that sometimes God is proving His people. It came to pass after these things that God did prove Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, who you love, and get you into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Let's notice some things about God's proving first. God's proving is not timely always from a human standpoint. We don't pick the times when God proves our faith through some ways that we might describe as very difficult or even excruciating. We don't pick those times. And when I look at the life of Abraham, I see that, you know, since Genesis 12, God had been promising him this son. And he had gone through a lot of difficulty, some of which was his own doing when he um, had he had lied to a couple of kings. He had, because Sarah was so beautiful, he had gone through this sexual relationship with Hagar at the the behest of Sarah because obviously they were getting old and weren't having the the promised seed. And I know that you remember all of these accounts. And then he had gone and rescued Lot from the enemies, the kings, and in the process had, of course, had to rescue Sodom. And when he was offered some of the booty for rescuing Sodom, he he said, I'm not going to take any of that. He didn't want to have anything to do with Sodom. But he had, he had become involved in several 
episodes in his life that I'm sure were hurtful to him as he looked back. He had gone to rescue his nephew Lot, and then right on the heels of that, the whole area that he had fought for was destroyed because of the homosexuality and sin and violence that existed in Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he had had to watch as his nephew had had to leave that region, the region that he originally chose when when Abraham gave him the choice. There's just a lot of history right here. As we look back, Abraham's life had been pretty difficult, and now he's finally given this son. He sees the hope of the promise of the Lord coming true, and then in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, those hopes are are dashed again. As God says, I want you to take this son, your only son, Isaac, and Ishmael had even been cast out from his house. Now you remember he had taken Hagar to the wilderness and left Hagar and Ishmael there. So now, really, he does just have this one son, Isaac, and Isaac was the promised son. And God is now saying, take him and offer him to me. So God's proving is not always timely from our human perspective. We need to remember that when trials come upon us that you know, God is still with us, and this may be His opportunity to make us stronger, to bring us through the fire, as He did the three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This may be His blessing on us, as hard as it is, to prove our faith and to put us in a place where we are stronger and better able to defend ourselves and others against the devil, even when we don't think, oh, when we're thinking, Lord, this is just not a good time for this to happen. You know, God is sovereign and he is in control. And we see this very much from this Genesis chapter 22 passage. Secondly, God's proving is difficult. It's hard. I just don't see any way around this as I'm thinking about people in my own life right now who are struggling with debilitating diseases, who are struggling with the loss of children prior to birth and just after birth. And I think about sisters in Christ who are very much struggling with solitude, really, in areas of great persecution. I think about sisters who are standing up for what is right as none of their sisters even stand with them in their congregations or in their little corners of the world. God's proving is sometimes very hard. And it was this time for Abraham as God said, take now your son. God's proving is so very raw sometimes and blunt. I think about Abraham Abraham listening to God on this occasion And as God said, take now your son, Abraham said, yes, take my son, your only son, Isaac. I know, you know, he's clarified now. He is talking about Isaac, the one whom you love. Oh, yes, Lord, he is. He is the one I love. All my hopes are hanging on him. And go to the land of Moriah. Yes, Lord, we can do that. And offer him there. Oh, Lord, I want to give him to you all the days of his life. And then the words come for a burnt offering, for a burnt offering. I think about Abraham looking back on that command during those three days that expired before he actually carried out the the obedience to the command. 
And I think about him thinking about if he just hadn't said those four words. Those four words were so very raw and so very blunt and so very unget-aroundable. And it was his proving. Sometimes it's raw and sometimes it's blunt. And sometimes that happens in our lives today when God is bringing us through trials and tribulations. According to 1 Corinthians 10, He is He is bringing us to a place where we understand that no trial or temptation is going to be more than we can handle. And God's bringing us along to that point. But sometimes there are some very raw moments in that. You wake up one day, as Job did, and, and you're on top of the world, and by the time you pillow your head that night, you've lost the one who's dearest in this world to you. Or you feel secure in your finances, and then suddenly, all of a sudden, you have experienced financial loss like few will in this lifetime, and it was just so very quick and so very raw. I have been in emergency rooms when medical personnel came out to tell the person who was sitting beside me that everything was fine just five hours before. Life was good. On our way to Disney World, you know, great. Everything was great. But a medical staff person comes out and says, here's your wedding ring taken from the dead body of your husband. Those times of trial are just so very raw and blunt. And I imagine as Abraham soaked in the commandment of the Lord, everything was okay until he heard those words for a burnt offering. I have a son and I just cannot even fathom the depth of the hurt that would be involved if I knew I had to put a knife into his chest in order to obey my God. And yet, metaphorically, of course, we all have to do that. Jesus said, he who loves mother or father, brother or sister, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And so I should be willing to do whatever the rawness is, the bluntness is, in order to obey the commands of my God in his proving. Number four, sometimes God's proving involves dread of an event which is in many ways worse than the event itself. Abram rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, verse 3, and Isaac his son, and claved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. I am taken with examination of the pain here that had to occur during that three-day journey. I recently lost my father in a very natural process. He was 95 years old, but there were years, and maybe I'm abnormal in this, but there were years of dread. I loved him so much, and, and I knew that day was coming, and I think the dread that overtook me sometimes during the last 10 years of his life was worse in some ways than the death event itself because it was such a a prolonged process. But I can't imagine this kind of dread. This three days, I can just imagine every private moment being filled with prayers and tears 
every time he was with Isaac, he wanted to just grab him and take him up into his arms and weep. And yet he couldn't really do that. I I can just imagine that his stomach was churning, that he was unable to eat, that he was nauseated after he ate. He just had something horrific in front of him. And those that proving time included not just that time when he was climbing Mount Moriah, but it included those three days of amazing dread. As I said, I know some people who are very close to some people who are struggling with kinds of cancer that are, are very hurtful, that are very um, physically debilitating, as well as just emotionally almost unbearable because of what lies ahead and because of some of the unknown factors of what lies ahead. God's proving sometimes involves a time of dread. Sometimes God's proving is too difficult for us to share it with people who might be younger in the faith. I think it's interesting to see here that on the third day, verse 4, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off, and he said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go up yonder and worship, and we'll come back to you. He never let on that he was going to offer Isaac up in that mountain to those who were not fully clued in to this proving of God. I, I don't know that this is a, a point that... M- should necessarily be taken from this passage, but I do think it's interesting that he left the young men there and that he didn't tell them that his plan was to put that knife into Isaac. And sometimes I find myself in working with babies in the faith, people who are brand new converts, I find myself trying to protect and shield them at first from the harshest dealings that sometimes come in the proving of the Lord. I want the, I want to give them a chance to grow. I want them I want them to have a chance to be older rather than young as verse 5 says in the faith before they go up on the mountain to make extreme sacrifices. Now that doesn't mean that I don't call them when I'm trying to teach them to become Christians that I don't call them to a commitment and make them understand what Calvary was about and that we should be willing to walk all the way to the death in following and taking up our cross and following our Lord, Matthew 16, I believe it is, at the end of that chapter. We must put commitment into people before we baptize them into Christ because when we baptize them, we're putting them into the death of Christ and we're raising them up to walk in a newness of life, a different life that involves having put sin to death in that watery grave and then walking in newness of life. And I understand all of that. And yet at the same time, sometimes we bring people along. Sometimes we give them chances to grow and develop before we might expose them to 
the extreme proving of the Lord. For instance, when there is disunity in the body of Christ, I, I don't want, that's a very difficult uh, trial for if there's disunity over some of the teaching, for instance, that my husband might be teaching from the pulpit. That's a very trying thing for me. That's a very trying thing for those in the congregation who are trying to follow faithful teaching. And I want to shield the young members from that. I don't want them to have to know that there are people who have been Christians for 30 years who are causing disunity over what the Word teaches. I don't want the young Christians to know that because it'll make them stumble. It'll make them halt or at least slow them down in their progression toward a mature faith. So I want to shield them. I want to say, young men, stay back here and don't watch this. And I want, to, I want to be bringing them along in Bible study the best that I can, in encouragement the best that I can, while saying, you stay here. You stay here and I'll come back. I don't want to expose them to the most difficult challenges right at first when they're brand new Christians. Number next, in God's proving, God will provide. That's our whole theme of this whole Great Escape study is that God will provide a way of escape. And Abraham said that, said as much to Isaac, his son. Verse 6 says, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went, both of them together. I just can't imagine it. I can't imagine him walking along with that knife that he knew he was going to put in, or believed he was going to put in the chest of his son. They went, both of them, together. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Look, here's the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Dad, are you forg you forgot the lamb. We gotta have a burnt offering. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Here we have Abraham answering Isaac by just saying, God will provide. And sometimes that's the simple answer we have to give to ourselves and those around us when we're in the very difficult throes of, of the very horrible parts of life that necessarily come to us all but for God's people there's a purpose in them there's a growing in them there is a victory of faith in them and God will provide that God will provide the way of escape I love that word provide that we find in this verse from Abraham and in our key passage for this entire great escape study God will provide but lastly we have to mean business and not just be pretending. We can't play act with God. We can't act like we're willing to go the distance for God, talk a big game. We have to really mean business. Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built the altar there, and he laid the wood in order. And I think his tears were wetting that wood as he was laying it in order. And he bound Isaac, his son. Can't you imagine Isaac being to talk at this time? Dad, what are you doing? 
and he laid him on the altar on the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took that knife to slay his son. He meant to do what God had told him to do. And Hebrews 11 verse 19 tells us that he did in his mind offer him accounting that God was able to raise him up. We can't pretend with God. In those times of trial that are very raw and blunt, we have to be very real in our commitment to God. And we have to stretch forth our hand and take the knife, just as if we know that we really are going to make the ultimate sacrifice. Every one of us should have it in our minds that we are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice in order to obey our God, knowing then that God will provide a way of escape, whether in this lifetime, as the three Hebrews again said, our God is able to deliver us, but if not, we're still not going to bow down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you'll remember, and Daniel. That's, that's us. We are, we mean business. We are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, and we know that sometimes God can intervene in this lifetime, and we don't have to make the ultimate sacrifice of being willing to give our lives, of actually giving our lives in service to God. But even if we do, we're going to do what's right, and we're going to realize then that the escape is the eternal escape. It's a home in heaven with God forever and ever. You've been so good to listen. I hope you have a great day. Thanks. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.